Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconado Show, The Remnant. It is 12-9-2020, and we are going to be giving you some updates today on some of the things that are happening in our world, and I just appreciate everybody that's been tuning into the show. We're going to try to do these every single day on the podcast, and so please share the links, share the information. You can also go to toddcoconado.com, and if you want to support our program, we really need your help, toddcoconado.com slash give. Please share also Remnant News, which is rmntnews.com or theremnantnews.com. We continuously all day are posting updates and updated stories where you will not be seeing this reporting in the mainstream news. And we uh, vet and source all the things that we put up there. So we're not some site that just throws up stuff like a lot of these sites you see. This is vetted, pertinent, real factual information that you're not getting from the mainstream media. I'm a pastor, minister of the gospel. We are the remnant. We're out here to let people know the truth because the Bible says the truth shall set the captive free. We're in an information war, as many of you know. And so right now what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to be playing a broadcast from Lee Dundas. She is a human rights attorney. And she also is friends with General Flynn, and she has all the updates on the legal you know, cases that are going. Many people keep asking me about these cases, so I wanted to play her broadcast. Now remember, today is the 9th of December. Her broadcast is from the 8th of December, but it's done last night, and nothing really has changed, not a lot, since the broadcast. So this is still very late-breaking information about the court cases so that you can understand what's going on, how this is working right now. And I wanted to share this with our audience because I think it's important. So I'm going to play that. Afterwards, I'm going to talk a little bit about what YouTube just did today. So stay tuned. Here is human rights attorney Lee Dundas. Hey guys, human rights attorney Lee Dundas here. It's Tuesday, the evening of December 8th in California. And I want to take a couple of minutes tonight and talk to you about the chess game regarding the election that I see being played out right now, both the pieces that we can see and additionally pieces that I think people are not focused on that they should be focused on and I think would make people breathe a lot easier. Um, so uh, by way of backdrop, the first thing to know and the first thing that I want to really convey is we're at war. I repeat, we are at war right now. Cyber warfare is the new warfare. If you can rig an election and install your puppet government in a foreign country, of your choosing so that you don't ever have to invade that country and have a single loss of life and all you need to do is sit behind a keyboard and rig the election so that then you can control that government and therefore that entire country, you have won a war without having to fight that war. But it is no less a war if that is what is in fact going on. And with that said, no war was ever won by our troops going up across enemy lines and listening to the other enemy's general you know, propaganda machine and drinking from the, the keg of their information before we come back and say, okay, now charge the hill. Our guys would be demoralized, they'd be apathetic, they'd be like, sir, it's never going to work. Yeah, why? Because you've been drinking from the other guy's PR machine. So if you're getting demoralized right now, uh, turn off the boob tube. If you don't know which side of this mainstream media is on already, um, God help me, you shouldn't be watching my video right now, okay? Secondly, when it comes to war, wars are never won, or very rarely are they won, by going through the front door. You don't knock on the front door and say, hey, I'm about to invade you, because then you get one hell of a defensive uh, mechanism ensuing. You know, oh, no, you're not. Let me get my guns and my knives and fight you off. Wars are won by going inside doors and back doors and by uh, subterfuge and all sorts of, you know, art of war type stuff. And I'll give you some examples. Um, there was a Chinese general way long ago um, from the Three Kingdoms period, and he saw an advancing army, 
and he knew they had more troops than they needed to take his little fortress and that he didn't have enough of his own uh, troops to defend it. So he bluffed. He pulled his guys into his fortress, threw the doors wide open, went up on the, the wall of the castle and started playing music. Started playing music. And the other general of the advancing enemy army came up and was like, there's a dude playing music and he's a general sitting on top of the fortress. It must be a trap. We're going to leave this one alone and walked right on by a fortress that he could have owned because the bluff was successful. D-Day is another example of that. You know, when we invaded Normandy, Hitler was all confused because we had been running Operation Bodyguard for weeks and weeks leading up to that, saying that D-Day was going to happen way later. It was going to happen in the south of France or somewhere else. And so he had sent his troops all over the place, but he didn't have them on the beaches of Normandy to fight our guys off. Bill Gates, prime example, although it pains me to speak of it. The year was 1980. He represented to IBM. He had an operating system when he didn't have jack squat. And then he had to make good. So he went to a two-bit Seattle outfit, paid 25 grand for a license for an operating system, had his guys tinker with it, renamed it MS-DOS, and the rest is history. Okay, so right now what you see going on is all of America is myopically focused on this little check chessboard. And they're like, oh my gosh, the pawn in Georgia took a hit today, and the next hit, you know, might be fatal if the queen takes her out. And, and we've got all our panties in a, in a frumple over it. The first thing to know is, A, the pawn's not dead in Georgia or anywhere else. Two, okay, even if it does die, it's one pawn. You got a bunch of others on the board. Three, even if you lose all your pawns, you've got way more important players in your back row that can really sway the game a lot more than a single pawn can. And finally, and most importantly, in taking this out of real life chess, I believe that there are chess pieces on the board that none of us can even see if we are not in Trump's inner circle. I think we may not even be playing a chess game. The real game may be a game of battleship being played three doors down or three cities over. And we're sitting here thinking a game of chess is being played and we're all focused on the pawn right now today, this week. So I do want to talk about the, the, the pawns on the board that we can see, the judicial actions, legislative actions, if you will, uh, for the first, first couple minutes of this. But then I want to really move on and start talking about the things that I think are pivotal that nobody is really focused on that I think are way more important in the long run. Okay, as a backdrop, a couple of pieces of news from the last 24 hours. First, the Joint Congressional Commission on Inauguration Ceremonies again voted down a resolution to acknowledge Joe Biden as president-elect. They are refusing to acknowledge Joe Biden as president-elect. Okay, some food for thought. Second of all, right now in Michigan, per court order from a judge who got it right, there are 22 Dominion machines that are being an analyzed by a forensic team of guys who know what they're doing in that regard. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. Third, Jen Ellis said today that she is confident at least one swing state is going to take back the power to select electors and do their own thing and switch their votes behind Trump, which is what their votes indicated it should have been anyway, and that they have a multiplicity of other states that they are working on in a similar vein. From the White House today, uh, or yesterday I think it was, Trump said you know, the election was rigged. We've heard him say that before. And you're going to see a lot of big things happening over the next couple of days. And then he declined to say what? 
at the Arizona press conference where a contingent of Arizona Republican legislators were asking their state to decertify their own election results. At the end of that, you had one of the legislators take a microphone and say, there's a lot happening behind the scenes that we are not aware of. And I believe President Trump will be sworn in. For what it's worth, I think this woman was on the money. There is a lot going on behind the scenes that the average person is not aware of, and I do believe President Trump will be sworn in, and so should you. Sidney Powell has said that there are going to be at least three states before the Supreme Court by the end of the week, which cumulatively, of course, have the ability to sway this election. And some final interesting food for thought. Kamala has not given up her Senate seat here in California yet. For comparison, Obama gave up his seat three full weeks earlier. He announced on November 13th. Uh, is there a reason for that? Probably. All right, so we already know about Arizona's Republican legislature and legislators and what they're asking to have done there. You should also know the Arizona Supreme Court uh, has uh, been asked to hear and I think is going to hear a lawsuit challenging certification. Uh, Georgia, we all know Sidney Powell was denied by a judge there who went, oh my gosh, you're asking for the most extraordinary relief ever requested ever anywhere on the planet and I just can't rise to the occasion and do that. Uh, with all due respect to that judge, that wasn't his job. I'll repeat, even though I'm just a lowly lawyer in California, that wasn't his job. His job was to look at the mountains of evidence that were before him and say, hey, is there sufficient evidence of fraud here? Oh my gosh, fraud that is also on an extraordinary amount, a tantamount to an electronic coup that might have had foreign involvement and rule on that and then figure out what the heck he was going to do to unwind that fraud in terms of judicial relief. But I guess he wasn't up to that. So now you've got an appeal being um, sent up to the 11th Circuit there. Uh, okay, and then today, God bless Texas, their attorney general filed suit against four swing states. Um, that uh, triggers what's known as original jurisdiction, meaning there's only one court in the land that can hear when a state is arguing with another state, and that, of course, is the U.S. Supreme Court. The basis of their argument is the fact that secretaries of state that were off the reservation making their own rules up about the election process in Pennsylvania and Georgia, places like that, were not allowed to do what they did. It is pretty clear the Constitution delegates the power to make rules about elections to the state legislature and only the state legislature. So I think there is a more than fair argument to be made here that any Secretary of State shooting from the hip doing her own thing didn't have the authority to do what she was doing. Okay, so now that we've cleared away the pawns that everybody can see, <laughs> I want to focus on the Insurrection Act for a minute. For those of you who aren't aware, there is an act called the Insurrection Act that allows the President to call into service the U.S. military and the National Guard to address insurrections under a few limited circumstances, one of which is if a state legislature asks the president to do so. So theoretically, a state legislature that we've seen acting very excitedly in the last few weeks over this issue could make a request to the president for that type of relief. But the, but the thing I really want to talk about is the third prong under which the Insurrection Act can be invoked. By the way, insurrection, if you're not familiar with the term because it's not something we talk about in daily life, uh, even I don't, is basically a rebellion of the citizens of a country against the government. So say China sends in a bunch of spies or foot soldiers to surround the White House and try to overthrow the White House and we've got uh, turncoat American citizens who decide to try to help out and uh, take out the sitting president. That would be an insurrection. We've got people rising up in our own country trying to unseat our government. And the president would be well within his rights to invoke this act to quell that insurrection at that point in time. And my question for you is, is it any different if China doesn't send actual foot soldiers in, but does that by way of a keyboard, and there are people in this country helping them? 
I think the answer is there isn't a difference. It's a dif difference without a distinction. I don't think there's a difference there. But uh, going back to what the text says of the Insurrection Act, whenever the president considers that unlawful obstructions or rebellion against the authority of the U.S. make it impracticable to enforce the laws of the U.S. in any state, by the ordinary course of judicial proceedings, the president may call into federal service the use of the armed forces as he considers necessary to enforce those laws or suppress the rebellion. Specifically, the president, again I'm quoting now, by using the armed forces or, or by any other means, shall take such measures as he considers necessary to suppress any insurrection or conspiracy, if that insurrection or conspiracy so hinders the execution of the laws of the state that any part or class of its people in that state, right, are deprived of a right named in the Constitution. Well, what are rights named in the Constitution? Uh, the right to vote, right? And the constituted authorities of that state are unable or they fail or they refuse to protect that right. And again, what is the right? The right to vote. In any of these situations that I just enumerated, the state shall be considered to have denied the equal protection of laws secured by the Constitution. Now I want you to replay what you've been hearing on the media channels regarding Giuliani and some of the other cases that have been filed in recent weeks. They've been brought on equal protection grounds. And we see them saying things like, oh, it's not fair um, if the citizens in one county had votes that were counted this way and the citizens in a neighboring county, you know, didn't have the votes counted that way. It, it denied equal protection. There's equal protection issues there. Well, is that a good judicial challenge? Is it a good argument to make to a court? Yeah. But what else does that argument do? It tracks the language I just read you out of the Insurrection Act. Um, all right, so most recently this act was used, in case you're not familiar, to suppress the Rodney King riots uh, back when I was in law school, hopped off the freeway, driving through L.A., uh, and found myself face-to-face -face with a tank full of U.S. Army-clad uh, folk. And that was our military on the streets of our country, suppressing under the Insurrection Act that had been invoked um, the, the uprising. You also saw it during the days of the, the uh, desegregation and the fact that the southern schools were not integrating, so we sent troops to those southern schools to forcibly integrate the schools in the south when the governments of those states refused to do it back in the, uh, you know, a few decades ago in the 60s. And then prior to that, you saw this playing out during the Civil War. And the interesting thing about the military, once you call up the military and put it in the saddle, is they have their own separate system for judicial things. It's called military tribunals. And you may be interested to know that our government has, in fact, used those types of military, tribu military tribunals in the past against American citizens who were involved in a plot to overthrow the United States president. And that was Abraham Lincoln. And they took the co-conspirators who were involved in that plot to take out Lincoln, and they tried them in military tribunals. And they justified their actions by pointing to the military nature of the conspiracy and the fact that the defendants had acted as enemy combatants, right? They got death by hanging in life in prison, in case you're curious. So what did we see in, in an executive order in September of 2018? We saw our president declare a national emergency to deal with a threat. And what was that threat? The threat of interference in our elections by foreign nationals, potentially using digital means and people in our country to help, right? And he termed that an unusual and an extraordinary threat to national security that warranted a declaration of national emergency. 
and now we see that the vote may have indeed been swayed. Um, so I think those are things to sort of think with. I also want to talk to you about a couple of amendments you may not be familiar with. We've got the 14th Amendment, which if you're not familiar, whole separate side door into the House here, says when the right to vote in any election for the choice of electors for president of the U.S. is denied to any inhabitant of a state, the basis of the representation therein shall be reduced proportionally, basically. So they can start stripping electoral votes if they find that that occurred. Something to think about, right? Twelfth uh, Amendment, if nobody gets to a clear majority, if nobody gets over 270, we have uh, the fact that uh, the votes will be taken by the states and the representation from each state will have one vote. And of course, Republicans would be ahead in that count. So. For all of you folks who are going, but how come President Trump isn't invoking the Insurrection Act yet? And, and what you need to realize is the Insurrection Act is able to be used once we have a showing that the states are unable or they fail or they refuse to protect a constitutional right. And what you're seeing play out right now with all this drama in the Arizona legislature and the Pennsylvania and the Georgia legislatures and the courts in these states is you're seeing the states struggle with whether they're going to be able to rise to the occasion. And either they will or they won't. Like today, the court in Georgia didn't. And uh, it may be because those courts just don't have the metal needed to do what needs to be done. These are extraordinary times. But I can tell you something. The judges who are uh, sitting in military tribunals, I believe, are cut from a vastly different cloth than the guys you see sitting on the regular courts here in the United States. So we're in the middle of that right now, and I would encourage you to not get overly wrapped up in the machinations of any one hour or one day. Just take a deep breath, and uh, the biggest thing you can do right now is stay the course. And the second and most equal important thing you can do is show up. I am going to be speaking on the steps of the United States Supreme Court this Saturday at a huge Trump rally at 10 a.m., Rally's going to go all day. Uh, as I mentioned at the outset, this is a war. And you are in it whether you realize you're in it or not. And you have a choice. You have a choice this weekend and every day, really, but especially this weekend, to show up for the man that is standing between tyranny and communism and freedom or to sit on the couch and eat Fritos and look back three months from now and wish you had shown up. This is history in the making. And the outcome of it could not be more important, guys. It is going to determine the rest of your entire damned life. It's a hundred-buck flight into Washington, D.C. Come help history be made instead of just watching it from the couch. I'll see you on the U.S. Supreme Court steps on Saturday. Take care. Well, as you guys can see, that information was amazing, and that's why we wanted to share it with you. So thank you, Lee, for the work that you're doing out there. We appreciate you. She has a Facebook page, and you can go to that Facebook page, Lee Dundas, and see the work that she's doing, and also support the patriots that are going to be in D.C. in front of the Supreme Court. We need to let the Supreme Court know that we're here to support the president, that we know he won the election. We are tired of this steal that they're trying to do. We want to stop this steal in the name of Jesus. You guys have been hearing my prayers and uh, broadcasts that we've been doing, and you know we're being censored on Facebook. We're being censored on YouTube. It's unbelievable what's going on right now, but that's because they don't want the truth getting out there because they know this is a war. So what I want to do right now is go into a segment that I just did on YouTube and what they're doing. So let's listen to that broadcast right now. Good morning, Patriots, and thank you for tuning in to this broadcast. Well, um, I've been warning you guys for a while now about the censorship, the censorship that's coming, the censorship that's already here, obviously. 
Um, I mean, we can just look at the Facebook account, my Facebook account, and see the major difference. Hundreds of thousands of people that are not able to see the posts that I put up, which only weeks ago we had uh, people being, you know, receiving the notifications when I went live. And, you know, we talk about these often, but it's very important we understand the strategy with YouTube making this big announcement, big announcement that they're going to be taking down any videos that question that Joe Biden has won the election. So this is an information war. Uh, when you look at war, you know, in general, and the art of war, the not the book, The Art of War, but literally war, um, one of the main things that an enemy will do is attempt to cut off the lines of communication. And so what is happening right now is, is that YouTube is trying to cut off the lines of communication of the patriots that are sharing information. Now, thankfully, there are other services like Rumble and uh, Parler and MeWe and others that are allowing free speech to occur, at least at this point. The problem is, is, is that people are very slow to respond and react, and many people are not really tech savvy or just, you know, I'm gonna be honest, kind of lazy when it comes to changing their account, you know, going on to MeWe or going on to Parler. Maybe you don't see as many people on there. Maybe you don't see your friends on there. So a lot of people would just rather stay on the, what we would consider mainstream social outlets like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And so they have a lot of power then when it comes to their ability to censor content like this. Because the issue is, unfortunately, most people, many people, are not switching over. Now, a lot of people switched over. I reported on the fact that many, many people did switch over to Parler. In fact, we saw a, a huge bump, you know, especially uh, after the election when many people saw the censorship that was going on. So I'm glad that people are following. Same name on, on Parler as on here, at Todd Coconato. Same name. You can find me. You know, it's literally my name, just at T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O. But the problem is, is, is that many people just stay on these, you know, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and that's it. And they say, like, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to go on to another new account. You know, it's just too much. It's too confusing. They're not as good. You don't see as many people. I get all the arguments. Trust me. The problem is this right now is, is what YouTube is doing is way more complex than what most people are understanding right now. They are preemptively saying that they're going to shut down any videos that have been uh, talking about voter fraud from this point on because they know, here's the thing, they know that President Donald Trump hasn't even shown any of his cards yet. This is a poker game, ladies and gentlemen. And people are saying, oh, I don't know if there's any evidence. I'm not sure if there's any evidence. And you know, he hasn't really shown much evidence. Well, if you're playing poker, you're not going to show your cards to, to your opponents until it's time, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, here we go. This is what I got. If they were showing their cards on voter fraud and all the different information that President Trump has right now, then think about this. Then what they would have done is they would have refuted it. They would have, at the lower court level, they would have got their act together and said, okay, this is what they've got. And they would have thought of all types of, uh, you know, counter stories and countermeasures and, you know, all different ways because we're at war of how they can refute the claims that the Trump team would have been bringing to the, sorry, I was getting a call there. Rather than showing them our cards, what the Trump team is doing is they're saying, we're going to be playing this game of poker 
and we're not going to show the cards until the very end and then we're going to release this plethora now we've already seen pretty substantial amount of fraud that's been released you've seen the video you know from the Atlanta uh, people that they had the ballots under the table you've seen you know affidavit after affidavit I mean literally in the hundreds if not thousands now people that have signed these affidavits saying yes I saw voter fraud you know you've heard from many different people and, and then of course we heard about the Dominion machines we've heard about Cindy Powell and what she He's brought out there and you know General Flynn and um, Lynn Wood and and you know Jenna Ellis and Rudy Giuliani and you know they presented to the states remember when they had the the state hearings where they presented a bunch of witnesses that came forward and talked about their testimony so it's not like we haven't heard about or seen a lot of voter fraud but what I'm you know presenting to you today is is that even though we have seen a substantial amount of evidence that has been presented there's still way more evidence that hasn't been presented because the, the true cards have not been shown yet. And that's because we've been building up to this point where people needed to know, people needed to know how much fraud's actually taken place. They needed to see it with their own eyes. They needed to understand just how much, you know, uh, our, the system is compromised and especially in this last election. So now we're getting up to the apex moment or the climax here where the president is about to unveil in a substantial way, especially when it gets to the Supreme Court case, the amount of fraud and the evidence, you know, and there's a lot more evidence than most people would think. I can't get into that, but it's, it's, it's very substantial and it's very credible and there's really going to be no way to refute it. But the problem is here, YouTube and these other platforms, probably Facebook is going to follow suit and maybe Twitter, is they're going to now try to censor it. And so who's going to report on it? It's just like with Hunter Biden's laptop. We had the evidence. It was there. I mean, there was all the evidence. The problem is no one was reporting it. And this is where it becomes a problem, ladies and gentlemen, because they control the lines of communication. And so in a war, when the enemy is in control of your lines of communication and people don't want to get off these platforms and they don't want to um, look into this any further and do any of their own investigation, it, it becomes the, the court of public opinion. And this is a problem because we have to understand, yes, there is voter fraud evidence. Yes, there has been a crime that's been committed on a mass scale. Yes, it involves foreign actors. It's not just, uh, you know, the Democrat Party and those that are involved in the deep state, but it involves states, you know, state actors like China and Iran and others. This is a major, major problem, ladies and gentlemen. And so I want to explain to you why YouTube is doing what they're doing. They're doing what they're doing because they're preemptively going to stop truth tellers like myself and others from presenting the real evidence to you and they're going to use their cohorts in the mainstream media to fight it and spin it like they did yesterday with the Pennsylvania case, spin it and make people discouraged and make people think like there's no evidence. So very troubling and uh, we are at war. We are at war, ladies and gentlemen, and unfortunately, uh, this is, you know, preemptively by YouTube. These guys are criminals, and it's very sad what they're doing, and I hope more Americans wake up while we have the ability to share. I pray you're sharing this video to as many people as you can before they take it down, and you let them know what's going on, because our country, they're trying to take over our country, um, the communists, the Chinese, and uh, those that hate our constitution, hate our freedoms, that want to initiate this great reset, which is not a conspiracy theory. Very few people are talking about it. Unfortunately, they're limiting our distribution on Facebook. Very sad. We can't get discouraged. We got to keep fighting this fight. 
We got to keep, you know, spreading the information. We got to keep uh, praying this through all the way until the end. And uh, we put everything on the line over here. Let me tell you that. We put everything on the line over here. And uh, we need financial backing. I ask every day. Very few people respond. Uh, we, we, we need financial backing. ToddCoconato.com slash give. ToddCoconato.com slash give. Please help us in this battle. It is I'm barely sleeping, <laughs> uh, you know, literally fatigued at the moment, but we're pressing ahead in victory. We're trusting in faith in the Lord thy God. We know that he is going before us, and I believe we will win this battle, but we need to be wise, and we need to continue to fight. So God bless you. We'll go again live later. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.